Alright, what is up, all you good, beautiful, wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation? It's your host, Bryce Paul, and we have a special announcement. Uh, if you guys have been tuning in, you will know that we have the Crypto 2020 Summit that we are hosting. Uh, this is going to be January 29th to January 31st. We got over 60 of the biggest, baddest speakers in crypto presenting on their projections for 2020, what their projects are going to be doing, all sorts of fun forecasts. It's going to really be amazing. And the best part of it all is it's free and it is online. So go ahead to www.crypto2020summit.com and register for your free ticket, and we hope to see you there. All right, what is up, good citizens of Crypt Nation? It's your hosts, Bryce and the notorious P-I-Z, Pizza Mine. That's right, I am here today, and it is a crazy day. I've been really thinking about blockchain nodes which to most people listening out there is probably the most boring thing next to falling asleep in church. But I assure you, it is quite interesting seeing the evolution that we're going through. Can you imagine actually being a node operator and being excited about it, Bryce? You know, it's not for me personally. Uh, I'm just not the super technical guy. Well, what if there was someone that would handle all the technical stuff and you could just simply kick back and watch your profits roll in? Well, it's pretty interesting that you mentioned that because we have a very special guest who might be uh, able to do that for us. Wait a minute. You, are you telling me there's competition for me? <laughs> I am. I am indeed. Uh, Joe, well, you know what? That, well, that's, okay, that's okay because, you know, I really need to catch up on some sleep. Maybe uh, this guy, Joe Lelouch, can uh, take over for, from here. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you guys are a complete riot. I love it. <laughs> we like to have fun here. Uh, and, you know, we bring on CEOs like yourself, CEO of Bison Trail. Uh, we bring on all sorts of fun people to talk about the future of cryptocurrency. And, you know, it's sometimes it's a drab topic, you know, blockchain, super technical. So we like to keep things light. We like to keep things not super technical. Um, and we like to paint a really bullish picture of the future because that's why, you know, guys like you and I are in this, right? We're building businesses in blockchain because we think that this is a thing that's going to re-architect the world and change everything. And speaking of, uh, painting pictures, you know, the name Bison Trails immediately, we got to talk about the elephant in the room here or the bison in the room. <laughs> All right. When we're thinking of Bison Trails, what inspired this name? Because I just got back from Texas and I was watching some animals walking around thinking of trails. You guys all are picturing the same thing I'm thinking right now. What inspired the name Bison Trails? Tell us the story. Awesome. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm not. I'm not convinced that I've actually told this story uh, to anyone, sort of like on, on record yet. So, so you know, I might have, but I doubt it. Uh, well, we're so honored I'm, to uh, be the ex get the exclusive here first. That's that's yeah. that's big for us. I'm I'm happy I'm happy to share it. This one this one is I think an exclusive. Um, so so the story behind the name uh, is uh, so my co-founder Aaron and I um, before we started building this company, uh, one of the things that we did uh, really as a as a hobby as a side project was we actually um, built a, a a pretty you know large for two people proof of work mine. And, you know, for those, for folks who maybe aren't as familiar with proof of work, it's uh, basically like, you know, the mechanism that uh, folks use to mine Bitcoin. Um, you, you, you basically uh, need a bunch of power and a bunch of specialized machines and you put them somewhere and you mine Bitcoin. And um, it's, it's pretty cool. You can, you know, have one in your house and it generates a lot of heat and uh, 
one winter a few years ago, I used a bunch to heat my apartment and my wife wanted to kill me because uh, they're pretty noisy and <laughs> not great. But you uh, save big on the heater bill because you just kind of double dip. You're like, oh, I'm running all these graphics cards that are spinning <laughs> off heat. Exactly. Uh, we did that. We did that for a little while. But anyways, so so uh, Aaron and I decided that we wanted to, and part of this is the genesis of, of Bison Trails, like how we got started. We decided we wanted to, as a you know, as a project, build out a mine because we wanted to understand uh, blockchain infrastructure a lot better. And uh, you know, Bison Trails is a blockchain infrastructure company. Um, I can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but we we actually spent six uh, six six or seven months traveling around the United States uh, to different places because one of the things you need when you're building out a mine from the ground up is you need really inexpensive power uh, and you also need like a really great climate uh, that isn't too hot because uh, because these like you just said like the, these miners put out a lot of heat like these GPUs put out a lot of heat ASICs put out a lot of heat so you need a place that's that's um, pretty cool climate. And a lot of times those two things exist in very mountainous regions in like the Midwest or the Pacific Northwest. Um, and so <laughs> we ended up spending uh, a ton of time in Wyoming. Uh, and at the time, Wyoming was going through this process of uh, changing its regulation around like cryptocurrencies or moving to be very crypto forward. Uh, so we, were, we, we spent a lot of time there scoping out different areas. And um, I don't know if folks know this, but the, the state animal of Wyoming is the bison. And uh when we ultimately came to the point to be to name our company, uh, and uh, you know, naming something is just like an absolute terror. It's so hard. I don't know. Uh, maybe you guys named Crypto One Hundred and One podcast was like uh, came in a stroke of genius or in a in a shower thought one day. I don't know. It wasn't taken yet. <laughs> well, I. I, I've always had a lot of trouble naming stuff because, like, you know, you, you stick with it for forever afterwards, and uh, and you know, I feel like I'm never happy with it. So we were naming the company, and we we're like, okay, we're building a very technical, uh, you know, very very deep technical company. It's an infrastructure company. We kind of have like sort of two options here. We either make it really obvious or pragmatic, like you know, blockchain, you know, infrastructure, you know, dot com or, or something like that, uh, or um, we do something that's like kind of not really has anything to do with blockchain. And, and, um, I think like our personality is lent a little bit more to, uh, to the latter. Um, so we are like, why don't we, uh, do a little hat tip, uh, to some of the early work that we did in the space. And we, uh, name it after bison. Um, cause bison, we, what we found out when we were in Wyoming is bison are these incredible animals. They almost went extinct. I don't know, you know, there's a whole story behind this. And we, we actually have some, some info on our website about like bison and, and why we named the company the way we did. They almost went extinct. They're also incredibly powerful. Uh, and they were really early in helping pioneers that were moving from the East Coast to the West Coast of the United States. And they paved these paths called bison trails uh, that, that pioneers would follow as they were going across the country. Uh, and so we were like, this is super cool. It's a really cool concept. Um, you know, we as a company are trying to pave the path forward for this entire industry. Uh, this felt a lot more in line with our personalities. So we were like, let's, let's go with that name. And that's where it came from. I love it. It's, it's so <laughs> descriptive. And it just reminds me of like going, uh, like when I was like in AP US history and learning about like Lewis and Clark and all the people that were coming across. Uh, it just reminds me of that. And, you know, we're, we're yeah. trailblazers, right? This is literally <laughs> blazing trails. That's, that's, the, that's the idea. And, you know, the other thing is like, let's have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like let's, let's enjoy ourselves. You know, one of the things that Aaron and I are happy about is 
we love what we do. We take what we do very seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, in, in the sense of like, we like to have fun, you know, and, and, you know, naming an infrastructure company is maybe one of the most fun things you get to do at an infrastructure company. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We have lots of fun, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great name, especially now that, uh, you explained it, there's a lot of depth and, uh, it's pretty cool. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. So Thank moving you. forward yeah. onto the show now, <laughs> sorry about my tangent disrupting everything, Bryce, but you know, that's what I'm here for. Okay. Why should the average person care about this new thing called blockchain? Oh, man. Whew. Uh, that's a doozy. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, I've been involved in the blockchain space for, in some way, shape, or form for quite a few years now, uh, mostly because I'm a nerd. Um, and I've been a nerd for a really long time, my, my whole life. Uh, and uh, when, when this concept of, of um well, really, originally Bitcoin came out, and you know this, this concept of cryptocurrency and blockchain. Uh, it really, it really, uh, you know, grabbed my interest in a sense that it was this perfect intersection of like really crazy technology and also uh, um, o- almost like social impact and really interesting uh, sort of financial technology that were like coming together. So like this idea of like behavior economics and behavioral finance that were coming together. I got involved with it. And the reason why I care about it, and, and I think that like a lot of folks should care about it, is because it's really a, a movement about, you know, and, and this is true for all decentralized technology, it's a movement, about, movement around putting the power back in the people's hands. That's why I started building this company. That's why I started working on in, in this ecosystem. Um, that's why I you know, started investing in the space and in founders that were building companies in the space. And um, I think like at its core, that's what we really, really care about as a company. And that's what we should care about as a, as an ecosystem in the, in the blockchain space is, uh, you know, blockchains allow these public ledgers, I think, to, sorry, they are these public ledgers that allow people to have like a source of truth uh, that is verifiable. Uh, and it puts the sort of control and power back in the people's hands and not have to trust these like giant corporations, um, which in a lot of ways have... Uh, put us in a few different positions where we shouldn't trust them. You know, even all the way back to like the original creation of Bitcoin and the original Bitcoin white paper uh, referencing the, you know, the financial crisis and the subprime mortgage, you know, meltdown and all that stuff, you know, whatever. The housing crisis. (laughs) That's awesome. And, you know, I guess like my question is, there's, there's Bitcoin and there's these cryptocurrencies, but there's also these other decentralized platforms that you're, you know, you're very involved with building. Um, Yeah. So what is, what's the point of having all these different block decentralized blockchains and kind of what's paint us a picture of the future that you envision with all these different platforms? Totally. Um, so another, another really great question, I guess like this, the, the best way to, to sort of think about this is that um, any really good modern technology is actually built up of a lot of different technologies together that we as users don't necessarily know or need to know. And one of the examples I like to use is like, we all use email or Gmail and really like we kind of take it for granted. We use like an email client on, you know, our iPhone or Android phone or or on the web. And um, it just kind of works. You know, it's like, I can type in a message, I can hit send and it like sends to my friend and they receive it on their end. Um, But really what's happening behind there is there's probably like 50 or 60 different pieces like technologies within that stack that are, that are uh, have been built over the course of the last 30 years that people are that are interacting with each other for that to be true. 
Hmm. Um, what what are like, the, what's like one or two? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so at like, not to get too technical here, but like at like the lowest level, you have what's called the protocol. And in, in the case with email, it's SMTP is the, the, the protocol. And, um, gotta, you know, they would say never try and remember things live. Uh, so I'm not even going to try and it's like simple mail transfer protocol or something like that, but <laughs> whatever. It's a, it's a mail uh, transfer protocol. Um, and that was like, that was invented 40 years ago or 40 years ago. And over the course of years, people had taken that and built things like, okay, how do we interact with that? And, you know, this is still very technical and how do we then, you know, make sure that we're building in all these other pieces that can interact with that layer. And then eventually you have like, uh, you know, a web interface that is a series of you know JavaScript and HTML that is put together using a framework that was invented by you know Facebook called React or uh, and and then like I click a button and that's like some CSS <laughs> you know and so you have like all these different technologies that go down the stack that make this possible that me as a user of email I'm not like oh yeah like good thing that SMTP exists I'm sort of like I you know I use email. Um, and so, you know, getting back to your original question, like all of these different platforms are being built and these different blockchains and decentralized technologies are being built. The idea is that um, you can reconstruct some of this technology without having um, very large controlling intermediaries uh, own, owning pieces of it. And, uh, and so, um, you know, the reason why a lot of these technologies matter is because at some point they start to interplay. Uh, and what, you know, what we've been doing as a company is uh, building a platform to make it really easy uh, to to interact with these different uh, uh, protocols or blockchains or technologies, um, and that's and that's hard to do. And, and ultimately, like the you know the world five ten five or ten years down the road, uh, we have you know products and services that you know the average user will use uh, that isn't you know we're not thinking about the fact that it's cryptocurrency or that it's blockchains on the back end. Like for me, the holy grail of this ecosystem, uh, the sort of like, you know, really great end state is that like, I can send you some kind of value, I'd call it money or whatever it is, Bitcoin, Ethereum, some other cryptocurrency, uh, super easily, no matter where you are in the world, it's, it was mine, it was always mine. Now it's yours, it will always be yours. And neither of us have to even think about the fact that there's like a cryptocurrency or a blockchain that's powering that. I know that's like kind of crazy sounding and like a little bit out there, but <laughs> the idea is like, we don't even think about it. And the truth is like in early internet days, this stuff was hard. Like the early, like early, like web two or not even web two, like early, like web one days. Um, you know, a lot of times like, you know, chat rooms were like these like really technical, like IRC channels, um, internet relay channels where you would like go in and like, you had to be pretty technical to like be involved and know where to go and where to get it and where to find this information and find this community. Um, you know, and now we have Facebook, Facebook groups, you know, and it's like, it's actually pretty easy to find them and you can join a community of people that like are like-minded to me, like the, the progression, uh, you know, is, is naturally will be similar. I love IRC. I think it was one of the best things <laughs> ever invented. And yeah. I'm, I mourn every day that it's not used by the entire world anymore. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you use Slack? Have you ever used Slack? Yeah, we use Slack, but I mean, while there's some similarities and rollover there, I mean, my name Pizza Mind came from IRC, like from way back in those days. That's where it's from. Yeah. But in any case, you know, what is what do we need in the crypto industry to move forward from we're in the IRC days of crypto? What do we need to move forward into the Facebook era? <laughs> I, love, 
I love that you asked that because it allows me to give like a quick shill or a quick pitch for our company. <laughs> well, that's so, what this is all about. Do you know, we want to know. <laughs> so, so, so I'll do it. Um, so, so really like, you know, the reason why Aaron and I started this company and the, the gen, I kind of touched a little bit on the genesis of the company was because we were trying to build a couple of different proof of concept products in the crypto and blockchain space. Uh, we tried to build, we were uh, working on building a wallet at one point. We were working on building some bots that like traded crypto automatically. We worked on, you know, and we worked on a few other ones. And what we realized was that even though we've been very long-term, you know, software engineers, super technical, uh, have built like technical products, we've been you know, founders for a really long time. We, we found that it was still really hard, you know, and we, you know, quite frankly, like looked at each other. I remember, I actually remember we were sitting at the time we were working in one of our friend's offices. He, you know, uh, Sorry, she had given us some desk space for like a couple of weeks and we were squatting. And I remember we like we looked at each other and we were like, this is way harder than it needs to be. Uh, and it's so hard that I can't imagine a world where like developers are flocking to build new products and services here. It's still too hard. Uh, and, and we kind of said like, it's, it feels so obvious that there needs to be a company that's focused on making it easier to participate in blockchains, to build on top of blockchains. And that's when we decided, that was literally the moment we decided like, yeah, let's build the company that's focused on making it easier. Let's build an infrastructure company that's, you know, it's quote unquote B2B. Um, you know, we're working uh, mostly with people that are entrepreneurs or large scale financial institutions or custodians or big exchanges uh, that want to run, uh, specifically we focus on like staking nodes and proof of stake networks right now, uh, but really run any kind of blockchain node on these networks and do it without having to like build everything themselves. And, and, and this is kind of getting back to what I was saying before the like modern, most modern technologies are built of, uh, or sorry, modern products and services are built of like many different layer technologies. The reason why you're able to do that is because you don't have to build everything yourself. Like it would, it would take, if, if I was going to build Gmail tomorrow from just like the base, like protocol layer SMTP, it would take me years. I mean, like, and it did, it took groups of people, decades to get to get you know from that to like you know gmail that we use today so uh so so really like you know what it's going to take to get uh to, to get to this sort of modern version from like the irc version of, of crypto to the facebook version of crypto uh is uh, tooling like bison trails and platforms like bison trails to make it easier for new entrepreneurs to be like i want to build this product and service in the space and i don't have to build every single thing myself one of the more recent versions of this more recent than like IRC, for instance, uh, is in like, I want to say like early 2000s, mid to early 2000s. Um, if you wanted to start a, a web company or a tech company, it was very expensive and took a tremendous amount of time. You would have to like buy servers and find a data center somewhere and hire a whole team of people to do this uh, and, you know, put servers in there and manage them and all this stuff. And so it was a tremendous amount of work and time and effort and money. Uh, and then Amazon came around and they're like, actually, you don't have to do any of those things. You can essentially rent space on our platform uh, to do this. And uh, in a lot of ways, we kind of view ourselves as like a modern version of that um, for, for the blockchain space. Uh, you know, you don't have to do this all yourself. You can use a platform to do it. And that makes a ton of sense. I mean, first off, AWS is Jeff Bezos's most profitable arm of his business. <laughs> and that's a good model to go after uh, to, to be the next AWS of the, of the new internet, right? The internet of value that we're creating here. Um, and so first off, very, very smart. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> we don't want to get but, ahead of ourselves. They, AWS has done some really great stuff. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, you know, you guys just cut out a lot of the the work, you know, spinning up new instances and getting connected to Docker and all sorts of different stuff. It's like, boom, you contract with one company and they handle it all for you. And, and that's super cool. So do you have a friend who's interested in getting into cryptocurrency, but they don't know where to start building their portfolio? Well, we have the answer. It's called Copy Trader by eToro. With Copy Trader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders, just like myself or Bryce or Kevin, at the exact price point and in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply just sign up and copy our trades. Any profits that we make, you do too. Proportional to your investment, of course. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees all in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com slash crypto101. Thank you. So let's talk about some of the platforms that you guys support. Sure. I, I see Tezos, I yep. see Algorand and Edgeware. Yep. Maybe you like talk about like kind of the process for choosing what because there's you know thousands of different platforms why did yeah. you choose the ones that you did what's the the process for if somebody's listening and they're like oh i have a, a platform i want to get jacked into bison trails yep. let's just talk about that for a bit yeah absolutely um so you know like any any early stage company uh we're always you know fighting resource constraints which means that, like we would love to do every single network uh, every single protocol um, but we just can't. It takes us time. And one of the things we've been working on is uh, making it easier and easier for us to add new protocols to the platform. Um, so every month that goes by, it's faster and easier for us to add a new protocol. So, so that's, you know, as a baseline, we're really excited about that. Um, in some of the earliest, uh, the earliest days, to be entirely honest, like when we first, first started, it was like Aaron and I that were, you know, we were spending time in the communities, getting to know the founders and, uh, and then also like, looking <laughs> looking at the technology itself like spending time in things like github which is like a you know code repository uh, looking at like stuff that was happening and the code that was being written and we we're like oh this is awesome like or it looks like it's going to be really cool like it's really cool tech and it was a very subjective process <laughs> um, we were just picking like the things we liked um <laughs> which you know we're based off those things that that has gotten a little bit we've matured a little bit in that respect and that we have like some criteria that we look for uh we're mostly working on networks so one of the things that we do uh, is you know uh is that we uh, allow folks to run nodes very easily but in particular staking and, and participation nodes um and so we're pretty heavily focused on proof of stake networks um and without getting into like the whole technical detail the difference between proof of work and proof of stake um, it's a different type of consensus mechanism. So it's a different type of, of way of, of securing a blockchain network um, that lends itself really, really well to a platform like ours. Um, so we've been mo mostly focused on proof of stake networks. Uh, those are the majority of them are kind of still to come out. There were a lot of projects that were funded through uh, 2016, 2017, and 2018. Um, some of them were in the sort of like ICO you know, craze of, 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 uh, of 2017. And, uh, and so a lot of these networks are about to come out. So things like, uh, Polkadot, Ethereum 2.0, um, Solana, near, near protocol. Uh, so we've got, you know, a whole roadmap, you know, Telegram is another one. We've got a whole roadmap of protocols that are about to come up. And then, uh, we have a whole bunch of protocols that we do support now. So things like Decred and Algorand and Tezos and Cosmos, like you mentioned, as far as uh, the types of networks that we work with, so one is kind of like we've been focused mostly on proof of stake, uh, proof of stake protocols. 
Um, and then uh, we're, we're sort of impartial as to the function of the protocol. So some protocols are like designed to be a store of value and some are meant to be a smart contracting platform and some are meant to be decentralized video transcoding or decentralized storage. We refer to ourselves as protocol agnostic and blockchain agnostic in, in that we want to uh, support as many of them as we possibly can. Uh, we think that the best way to make the ecosystem flourish is to uh, make it easier for any of these networks. And um, we work really closely with protocol teams from early on. So I would say if you want to uh, get involved with Bison Trails and you want to get on the platform, reach out to us. I mean, like we have a super friendly team. Uh, we're, we're pretty involved in a lot of the... Um, the protocol team communities. So a lot of these different blockchain protocols, they'll have like a discord or a, a Slack or a, um, a riot chat. So basically this like chat, you know, a, a chat room um, for the entire community and ecosystem. We get pretty involved in those and um, spend time talking. And so uh, you can always see us uh, in the room too. A lot of, uh, a lot of our team uses the the handle like bison and your name. So like mine's bison Joe, it's been bison Joe since uh, we started and, um, so we're, we're often like lurking in a lot of those channels as well, but yeah, so, you know, we, we have a little bit more of a process now. We're trying to add as many as we possibly can. Um, you can always reach out to us obviously too. Hi at bisontrails.co. Um, oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the majority of new protocols we add are often like people that either reach out or rec or referrals from like other protocol teams, you know, a protocol it's team. mostly it's mostly enterprises and stuff that is reaching out. It's not like your average Joe who's like, Hey, I want to stake my Tezos or whatever. It's large scale corporations. We, we have both. Um, it, it's mostly, it's mostly bigger companies. Um, it's mostly like the, the bigger institutions. Um, but what we do do is like people will reach out and they'll be like, Hey, like I want to stake my Tezos. Uh, and we do a lot. We help a lot of people in the right direction more than anything else, you know? So it's like they ask us and we point them where they should go if we don't offer a product or a service that we can do ourselves, uh, we can work with them directly. I mean, we, we will point them in the right direction where they should stake to, or who are the couple of folks that they should uh, look at. Okay. You know, to, you know, again, like all in the spirit of like trying to make sure that there's more transparency and openness in the, the crypto space. Like I was a little put off by, there was just a little bit too much like shadiness going on in, in the ecosystem for a little while. And I was like, if we're going to do this, like let's do this above board. Let's make it really clear. Let's be honest, and, you know, help, help, this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply the entire ecosystem yeah right. and we really do have to help each other because this is really difficult yeah um i remember i stopped being a node operator maybe a year ago and the biggest challenges i faced was really poor documentation on someone's github yeah where they just assumed i was you know a software engineer yeah and but i really needed you know things that i could just simply copy and paste 
including dependencies that you know most you know software engineers already had, but most normal people never would. Yep. Um, and it's just extremely frustrating. You know, I would spend a whole day trying to get something up and going, and you know, I've been a system admin for you know 15 years, and if I couldn't figure this out, I thought, well, maybe it's not just something wrong with me. Maybe this product just isn't mature and ready yet. So, you know, I'll come check back in a year or so. Yep. What are the biggest challenges today that node operators or miners, you know, run into? Has it gotten any better? So no, it's still really hard, which is why we built this platform and why people love us. <laughs> um, so if you came to Bison Trails today, you could do all the stuff that you just described by just clicking one button, and that's why what we think is what we think we do is cool. So all the really hard stuff you just described, going to a GitHub, you know, even copy and pasting is hard. Uh, finding what you need to copy and paste, finding all the dependencies. Making sure, and then once you have it up and running, making sure it stays up and running, that it's upgraded, that it's updated, that it's it's you know running on the right fork, that's running on the right network. That just takes a, like a constant, tremendous amount of work. And we built a platform that automatically does all of that, so that our tech does it automatically for you. So you can literally come Fantastic. to my trails, click two buttons, and do that on Cosmos tomorrow, uh, or on Tezos, or on you know Algorand, or. So Joe, yeah. so for, for, so I have Tezos that yeah. I'm staking through my trust wallet. Yes, and it gives me the option of staking like maybe twenty different validators or something. Yeah. Can you kind of just walk us through like what's actually happening here? I'm just looking. I just want my seven percent APR sure. on the Tezos that I'm staking. But w- what am I doing? Yeah, so that's great. Um, that's a great example, and and that also kind of illustrates our relationship in the ecosystem. So, you know, in, in a hypothetical sense, like a, a company like Trust Wallet would come to Bison Trails and say, hey, we would like to add Tezos staking to the Trust Wallet. However, it takes a lot of time and effort and work to run Tezos bakers uh, behind the scenes to do this. And so they will they will basically use our platform to run all of that the infrastructure that they need to be able to, to support that activity for their users. Um, and then they'll add in, you know, a button to say like, hey, like you're seven percent, you'll get seven percent if you like stake your tezzies. Um, and so you'll click a button, and those tezzies will be uh, essentially signaled that you would let you're using, you know, one of these validators to be able to to um, stake your tezzies. Now I, I can explain a little bit more as to like what's actually happening there, uh, but just for like a high level, that's like kind of how our our relationship uh, in the ecosystem works. Um, similarly that list of validators that you're choosing from, any one of those could also be using Bison Trails as a platform instead of having to manually go through the process of like run a Tezos Baker. And you know, there's a good chance some of them are, <laughs> and, and you don't know. And that's what we're, we're really excited about because um, you know, we, we enable teams to be able to do that. We enable a team to be able to say like, yeah, I want to run a Tezos Baker and um, I want to be in that list. Uh, and I don't. And, think- and for those who are listening, a Tezos Baker is just like a the equivalent of a Bitcoin miner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in a proof of stake network. Um, so, without getting again, without getting like too technical about how proof of stake works, really, what you're doing, you have some Tezos, and you are saying, I trust that the Crypto One Hundred One validator in this list is a good actor, and they are going to do the right thing. They're going to produce, sign, and sign blocks on the Tezos network in in the right way, in a safe way, in a secure way. So I'm going to take my 
you know, $20 and I'm going to give it to essentially without giving them the money, but I'm going to signal like, yeah, I have $20 worth of Tezos. I'm going to signal like the crypto 101 validator uh, is the one that I want to sort of put my stake behind. I want to put like my, my money behind them. And then the, the, for instance, in this analogy, then the crypto 101 validator, every time that they sign a block or they uh, validate it, they're getting a reward, which is part of the inflationary mechanism of the entire ecosystem essentially. And then I, as a, you know, the crypto 101 delegator get to send everybody who's staking me a little bit of coin, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, the crypto 101 validator would get paid for signing a block. And the idea is that you then split that with the folks that have put their money behind you that have staked behind you. And that's why these are called proof of stake networks. So you're putting your stake behind somebody else. It's like when a poker player is going around and somebody's like, okay, I'm going to stake you. And they give you the money to play with. And then if you win, you know, and if you do well, then you get paid back exactly. plus interest and all. Okay. Very cool. I like it. I like it. it, um, it, it, it exactly. And, and the, the really interesting, the super interesting thing here is that the more stake that one of these validators has, the more blocks they will sign. Um, and so it ends up being like proportional to how much stake they actually accumulate. So if you oh. and I both put our money behind the crypto 101 validator, they'll sign more blocks and we'll, so, and we'll be able to, to do better. Is there a, a formula for like how to maximize what I will be getting in return? Like, should I be staking the number one or the number two? Or like, how do I choose to stake? I don't know the difference between any of these 25 people. Like, well, uh, how, do, how does a guy figure it out? Yeah, it's, it's actually, so it's, that's a tricky question in that it really depends on the network. So it, in the, the case of Tezos, it actually shouldn't really matter. There's a whole bunch of math behind why it shouldn't really matter that we definitely don't have to get into. Uh, but it really, yeah, it, it shouldn't really matter. Some protocols it does, uh, but the majority of them it doesn't. What does matter is that they're secure and reliable, that they're not going to lose any, you know, they're not going to lose their own keys, that they're not going to go down and miss blocks. So what you could do is you could put your stake behind a validator and that validator has really bad infrastructure and, you know, their power goes out or their internet goes out or they're you know bad at managing it. They don't upgrade well. Uh, and they get blocks to sign, but they don't actually sign the blocks and they get punished for doing that. Or they're even worse. They sign blocks twice, which is again, a scenario that's bad and um, you can lose money that way as well. So, okay. So it's, you're, that, what you're really looking for is like security and reliability. And that's the kind of stuff that we do really well. Um, and you know, the idea is like we can make it so that, you know, a small crypto 101 validator could compete with like a, you know, big Coinbase validator because, uh, you know, our platform allows you to do that and do it just as well as they do. Awesome. So let's move on uh, to something that is extremely uh, in the public eye right now. It's a little foundation or a little association called the Libra Association, (laughs) um, which you guys are a founding uh, member of. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we are, we're an association member. I officially joined the uh, Libra Council in uh, October, mid, mid October is when we, uh, you know, signed the, the paperwork saying like, yes, we're an official, the uh, official association and um, officially on the council. October of this year or October of last year? Yeah, yeah, no, it's October of this year. So uh, just a few months ago now. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, about two months ago. Yeah, I've got so many questions. Yeah, go ahead. And, Shoot. I'll answer as many um, as I can. 
<laughs> cool, cool. And we won't talk. I don't want to talk yeah. about any of the regulatory stuff cool. that leave that to the lawyers. But yeah. I'm just kind of curious about the personal story behind it. Like, how did you get involved? Was it an application? Did they reach out to you? Yeah. What was the dynamic there? Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. Um, and one of the reasons why I like this question is because uh, <laughs> early on in the sort of Libra days, um, uh, or when it like was first announced, a lot of people were saying like, oh, this is like, you know, only people that like know Facebook, uh, and, you know, I've been working with Facebook and, um, we don't, we, we never did work with Facebook. I've never worked at Facebook. I mean, I'm sure I have some friends that have worked at Facebook because Facebook's a massive company. Like who doesn't have a friend that worked at Facebook? Literally everybody <laughs> has a friend that works at Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So like, to say like, I don't have any ties to Facebook would be crazy, but like we, we had never, you know, and from a professional standpoint, I'd never really worked with Facebook or worked with anybody at Facebook. Um, we didn't know them, uh, and we didn't know that they were building a blockchain or a cryptocurrency. The story is kind of fun. So they they approached us, which is and by they are you meaning yeah. like David Marcus's team yeah. at Facebook? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the things that I love about Bison Trails is that um, we've been pretty quiet. We're not a very loud company um, in the sense that you know. We like to do the work. We like to be really heads down and like really build the things that we want to build and, uh, you know, get really deep in the tech, uh, which is, that's what we find fun. You know, like that's what my co-founder and I found fun and that's what our team finds, finds really fun. Um, but I think what we did was we were in doing that, we kind of, you know, people kind of sort of knew who we were quietly knew who we were in a sense that like, they're like, Oh yeah, like that team had done some stuff like really early on in this network called live peer uh, launched and they launched like this mining program called the Merkle mine. And, uh, my co-founder and I had written like a, a software, a script to be able to mine live here way more efficiently than like a lot of other folks were doing it. And we open sourced it, you know, we, we could have been like super greedy and selfish about it. Instead we were like, let's give this to everybody. This is super cool. You know? Uh, and, uh, and like through the community people like over the last year and like bump into someone at like a crypto conference or something. And they would say like, Hey, you're the guys that did the, live peer mining script and i'd be like yeah they're like thanks so much for that you know like that was like hey, you're welcome that was that was super fun but i think like you know we were doing some things like that and, and um kind of built i guess like a you know a technical reputation i would say so um i happened to be at uh i hope i don't get in trouble for saying this i probably won't but i happened to be at GrinCon in san francisco which was grin is this this um this protocol it's a, a um a protocol focused on privacy, a new a new coin that's focused on privacy specifically, uh, using a, a, a new protocol that was designed. Um, we have some friends that just went to the one in Berlin. Oh, cool. That happened the other week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this was the one that was in SF. In, so there was one in Berlin last year at this time, and then there was one in San Francisco right afterwards. Um, it's hosted by this company called BlockCypher uh, in California. Super nice people. Anyways, we were there. I was there. Uh, I've been interested in Grin like completely side story, like was mining grin, um, for a little while, a lot of the early like grin team, uh, we'd been in contact with and, um, you know, they needed help with like some miners and stuff at some point, And we had sent them, um, access SSH access to some miners we, we, we had, uh, anyways, like I love the protocol and we were at this conference and happened to bump into somebody who was on David Marcus's team, uh, at, at that conference, um, through a friend, you know, a friend of mine was like, Hey, you should meet this person. And you guys should talk. And I was like, okay. It was like very ambiguous. I was like, sure. You know, like kind of just like happy to meet anybody at this conference. And, and she was like, Hey, I can't really tell you too much about what we're doing, but like, 
I'm working on this thing and it's in the blockchain space and I work at Facebook. And I was like, okay, that's great. <laughs> you know, like kind of like, all right, like sort of yet another big company that like wants to get involved in the blockchain space. Um, if I'm being entirely honest, like that was sort of my approach. I was like, all right, whatever, like no big deal. The interesting, so, so really they approached us, they had, you know, we had a friend in mutual and, and our mutual friend was like, you should talk to the bison trails team. They are really good at infrastructure and technology. They can help, uh, help you all build and scale this network out. And, um, and so that was really the, 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 the sort of context for the conversation in the meeting. Uh, we spent, spent some time uh, chatting about what, you know, early on uh, about what they were working on. So for, first we had to like, you know, sign a bunch of NDAs <laughs> to like not talk about what we were, what we were talking about. Um, but, uh, but then they kind of explained like, Hey, look, we're like building this blockchain and we want you to be involved. Um, we've heard through, through, you know, through different folks, we've, you know, talked to a lot of different people in the ecosystem. We've heard that you guys are really, really great, super technical team, and you can help us, um, design and build out, uh, the, this network. And, um, that really all came from early on, like we were working really closely with protocol teams and helping them do that. So, you know, naturally they're like, yeah, you've been doing this with, you know, seven or eight other protocols. Like, why don't you help us? And, um, so we said, yeah, we said, this sounds cool. It sounds interesting. Um, sounds like a really interesting project for sure. And uh, no doubt about it, like it would be uh, transformational for the entire ecosystem if, uh, if, if successful. How has Libra evolved since its inception? Its big day out came and we all yeah. scrolled through the website and the white paper and went, whoa, this is really interesting. And people had different reactions. They either loved it or they hated it or they didn't understand it whatsoever. And then it faced a lot of roadblocks and stuff. And it's kind of, you know, fell off the news for a while. Uh, what's going on over there that you can talk about right now and how has it evolved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I, you know, just before I even get into like how it's evolved, I, I think like one of one of the things I'm very fortunate for is being able to work on things that are so impactful or so important that it creates these like groups of like people that are super against it or super for it. Um, I think if you're not making enemies, then you're not doing something right. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it, I guess it's like, it's like either you're making enemies or you're making like, you know, crazy best friends. Like it's just, it, to me, it feels, I feel very fortunate to be able to work, be working on something like people care about it so much that they're that passionate. And, 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 you know, I, I really like, like to find things that I'm working on that, are, that have that. Um, so the, I think it's been pretty cool to see how, how this has happened with Libra. Um, and, uh, not to, not to, you know, get away from the question too much, but it just, you, you brought something up and it made me think like, yeah, like I really do love, love the fact that like there's tons of haters and tons of people that love it. Um, yeah. You're doing something that matters. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so too. I think so too. And, and if I'm, if I'm being entirely honest, like in the early, early days, like when we first started talking to them, I was, I was pretty skeptical. I was like, yeah, this is, this could be bad. You know, like I was like, this could be bad. And it was only after like looking under the covers and understanding, reading the white paper and understanding what the intent was and really realizing like, okay, this wasn't Facebook. It was actually Facebook taking this initiative and creating this decentralized, sorry, this association that was building this decentralized network. And um, to me, that was way more interesting than like, Hey, Facebook is building a blockchain. It was like, no, Facebook is taking the initiative to build this like global, uh, this global blockchain um, that's involved with like a whole bunch of different companies. They're going to help govern it, and, and you have an opportunity to, to help govern it as well. Um, but so that's the role. That's the role of Libra, right? Is to govern 
this protocol yeah. essentially. Yeah. So the so the Libra Association is a governing body over this protocol. So so the you know the the protocol itself, uh, the association itself, is made up of a group of of uh, you know companies, for for profit companies, um, social impact partners, and nonprofits. Um, some academics, uh, um, you know, folks in, across industry as well. So folks that are, you know, large in payments or large in finance or, um, or in a couple companies in the blockchain space. Uh, and the idea here is like, if you get like a really a good diverse crew of people, um, they can help make like holistic, really strong governance decisions for a, a global uh, network. Yeah. To me, like the more and more I get, I dive deeper into cryptocurrency, I see the like literally the formation of digital nation states. Okay. And a lot of what's happening feels like, you know, when people were ratifying the constitution or the declaration of independence and having all these different people sign. And just like what you said, we're going to get, you know, we're going to let you guys in all these different states. And it just like, it's blowing my mind more and more that I think about it. And then you already have a population of 2 billion people that are using Facebook. Yeah. Um, and it, do you get the sense that like what you're doing is founding almost like a new digital nation? I mean, I think that broadly for the blockchain space as a whole, I think that like while Libra has a role to play in that and I'm excited to be a part of it, I actually think that that's true for every protocol we work on. on Absolutely. And, and, and they, they're all governing different ways. Like, you know, United States doesn't govern the same way that Luxembourg does or whatever. Um, so you have, you know, Bitcoin miners, which are the governors of the Bitcoin network and the Libra uh, validators of the, the governing that. And, it's just all super exciting. I love it. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's a there's a there's a couple books uh, that uh, that kind of like outline some of these some of these concepts or uh, that you know use them as themes um, that that I've always been a fan of. And um, there's one writer, Neil Stevenson, uh, that he wrote um, Snow Crash and Cryptonomicon and the Diamond Age. It's like this. Um, they're they're mostly like sci-fi sort of people view them as somewhat dystopian. Um, where the, these are like really weird, like commercial city nation states or um, digital nation states. Uh, I think it's super interesting. I think it's really, really interesting stuff. I think more importantly, um, you know, getting away from the fiction part of it and like enabling people to find their people is really interesting to me and and allowing that across borders um, and, and allowing that to sort of be like holistic around their whole lives. So um, whether it's, you know, their financial lives or their, uh, digital information lives, um, or just their communications, you know, and there's no reason why, like, I shouldn't be able to send, you know, some kind of money to a friend of mine that's like in another country, uh, which I can do now, but it's honestly kind of a pain. Um, and then in many nations is actually impossible. So, right. You know, yeah. As, it's super illegal. The capital controls, all sorts of stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but to, to say like, I mean, that sounds like a really a far-fetched idea, a digital nation state, but yeah. I was just in Singapore recently. Yeah. I stayed in this hotel and it was in the middle of this five-story mall <laughs> that literally had everything I needed. I could not leave that mall for months and literally have everything. There was a gym, there was a grocery store, there was a music studio. If I was a producer, there's a whole floor of clothes and food. I thought, wow, you know, this mall is called Funan, could just have its own currency called, you know, the fun token. Yeah. That was accepted everywhere, and it was just like an arcology in Sim City. It was really its own little world, and it was super cool. What's really to stop that, you know, from growing and just integrating with uh, a payment token, some governance rules for the companies that uh, rent space there? 
not much. That's really close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, the better question is like, is that going to lead to healthier, better lives for the people that are, um, that are a part of that community? And, and, you know, one of the things, so you're describing like a lot of the really, some of the best parts of like physical, like physical proximity to the things that you need and you love, which is amazing. But then there's also like the digital parts where like, you know, maybe that community is really close with another community that's quite similar in Arkansas, you know, and all the way across the world. But you know what, they share similar values and they share, uh, <laughs> they share, share similar thoughts. And um, that, that is like where things get really interesting to me. It sounds far-fetched, but then you kind of like, is it really that far-fetched? You know, like there's lots of people that spend lots of time in like Facebook groups. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. I mean, let's say I could stay at a Funan hotel anywhere in the physical world or yeah. a Marriott or whatever, you know, I could be a part of, you know, Club Carlson and they all, it's not just a hotel anymore, but it's an entire living, breathing ecosystem that records all the transactions and writes on a blockchain. Yeah. Have you ever read any of Neil Stevenson's books? It's okay if you haven't, but you should. No, I haven't, but I might've lived it. You, you should, because it sounds like you lived part of it. <laughs> I, I might be a subject of his next book. <laughs> um, they're, they're really, they're really interesting, fun stuff. And um, they're pretty well regarded. I'm not going to get in trouble for saying, <laughs> for saying, have you read them or anything like that? They're, they're, <laughs> I actually think one of them is famously like one of Jeff Bezos's favorite book. Um, I think it was oh, wow. Snow Crash. I think he like has publicly said like his favorite, number one book is Snow Crash. I might be wrong about that, but I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I'm definitely going to put it on my wish list here for Christmas. <laughs> um, hey, Joe, we got to just a, a few questions. Yep. Uh, these are some rapid fire questions that we always like to close out every episode with. Amazing. Give us a little color into who you are sure. and what, what, what makes you tick. Um, so, so, Joe, yeah. uh, of all the people that you run into in the crypto space, I got to imagine there's a standout character that has had some type of lasting uh, impression on you, whether, uh, you know, for some type of inspiration, like who would you say really, really has inspired you? Oh, man. Uh, I feel like this one. Look, I'm all for the rapid fire questions. I love answering like really honestly here. I actually think that I have been influenced by so many interesting different types of characters in the crypto space. Like, I could attribute it to like the sketchy proof of work miners that I met really early on in my crypto career to like part partially like why I decided that I wanted to do what I do today all the way to like, you know, some of the most prominent like thought leaders in the crypto space uh, that I've had the opportunity to meet, um, you know, relatively recently and some of the incredible protocol founders. Um, so uh, like, that is way too hard to pick one person. So you are just a generally inspired <laughs> I'm, gentleman. I, I'm inspired from the, I get my inspiration from some of the people that I think are like, like absolutely terrible as well as some of the people that I think are incredible. <laughs> and that's, that's the truth. Like I, I'm inspired on both ends. Um, I would say that the people that I admire the most are the, the courageous protocol founders, the, the, the really, really smart, uh, you know, really, really smart people that were like, you know what, I'm going to quit my job at Google. I'm going to quit my job at, you know, X, Y at Amazon, I'm going to leave my, you know, really cushy, like tenured role at Stanford, and I'm going to try and change the world. Um, I'm crazy inspired by those people. I'm like, you are uh, really, really inspiring. And I'm super happy to be working alongside some of those incredible people. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and the last question we have, since we're running out of time here, if this was the first podcast, someone getting into the space heard, what would you want them to know? What's one rule of thumb if they just had, you know, 30 seconds and that's all they listen to of this podcast? What's the most important takeaway? Uh, ask as many questions as you possibly can. 
Um, I, I always like to ask why at least three times. Um, and there's like some, some psychological rule there, but ask the question why three times uh, in, in crypto, right? Like I'm assuming this is crypto. The, the question is in the context of crypto. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I would, I would ask, ask as many questions as you possibly can. And, uh, and then the other thing I'm, I'm cheating. There's two things here. The second thing is, uh, don't be afraid. I mean, like everybody that's involved in crypto at some point felt like it was way over overbearing and way too overwhelming. And we've all had that sort of like self doubt and anxiety. Like I'm not smart enough to get this. I'm not sharp enough to understand this. And the truth is like you get past it, you know, like you, you learn a little bit more and it all starts to click and you're like, Oh wow, this is so interesting. Um, so I would say like, you know, ask a lot of questions. Don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions and, um, know that you're not, you're not alone in believing that like you might have like imposter syndrome. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. And if we want to stay in touch with you, if the good citizens here at Crypt Nation want to stay in touch, what's your Twitter handle and what's the website? Awesome. So the website's uh, bisontrails.co. You can find us on Twitter at bisontrails. uh, And I'm at Joe Laluz. Uh, Definitely feel free to shoot us a message. Hi at bisontrails.co as well. We do check email and um, we check our Twitter DMs, all that stuff. And Honestly, guys, thanks so much for having me on the show. It was really, really fun. Um, you guys are great. Thank you. And uh, really, really pumped to be here. Awesome. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Crypt Nation, just a friendly neighborhood reminder to go to www.crypto2020summit.com and register for your free conference pass to the online summit, Crypto 2020 Summit. We got 60 speakers who are giving their bold predictions for prices and bold predictions for uh, technological developments in this crazy crypto space. So if you want to be the first to know the big news and you want to make sure that you're in touch and in tune, go to Crypto2020Summit.com right now and register for free. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.